Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Time to blaze. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Is healing really a choice? Well, welcome to the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with my partner in crime, Mike Janung. Hello, good, sir. Good morning, brother. Good morning. And we don't know where Rob McIntyre is right now, so we've got an all-points bulletin out for him, and he'll be joining us when it's convenient for him. But uh, we're glad to be with uh, with Stephen Arterburn, author of Healing is a Choice. Welcome to the, sto- to the show, Steve. Thank you. Great to be here. Great yeah. to be with you guys. And... Um... Let's let's do some damage together let's today. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got a real radio veteran on with us here, so we're going to talk about your book Healing is a Choice. Now, uh gosh, what a what a title. I mean, isn't doesn't healing just happen, Steve, when you go up to the altar and say, "Jesus, you know, will you will you press that magic button in the sky?" <laughs> well, I wish. I wish I wish God were more like Santa Claus or something like that, but I really think and the whole premise of the book is that that healing is God's choice. He mm. chooses uh, to heal us. Many of us are walking around because um, of the ability for wounds to heal, mm. and some of those are physical, uh, many are emotional, and many spiritual. But mm. but He built healing into us. But there are things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. There are decisions we need to make so that we can experience God's healing. And you know, a lot of people. They justify not being healed by Mm -hmm. saying, hey, every single day of my life, for the past 20 years, I asked God to take this from me, and he didn't. I asked him to heal me, and he didn't. So no wonder I'm like I am. And they actually use God as the reason that they're stuck where they are. So what I've done is I've said, okay, how about quit waiting for God to do what maybe God is waiting for you to do? And I've laid out ten choices that a person could make that would bring on or or usher in the healing that God has for them. Whether they're physically healed or emotionally healed, they can certainly experience the spiritual healing that God wants for them. Right. The first one being the choice to connect your life. And that, that's that, that lie, confronting that lie that all I need to heal is just God and me. Now, we do a show here for sex addicts. You have written the book, Every Man's Battle. So you know all about addiction and recovery. Help us understand how that lie particularly weaves into the sexual addiction recovery process. Well, I think um, we end up with difficulties in connection. Um, we, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. We struggle with connection and and feeling authentic connection. Maybe mm-hmm. our family had crummy connections. Maybe they uh, didn't have good connections at all. But they didn't show us what that, what that connection was like. And so a person has a sexual experience, whether it's with a, a magazine, Internet, or a person. They have this sexual experience. And it gives them this this feeling of connection. For the first time, they feel alive and connected to something. It's, it could be a fantasy, but they feel this like this is the, the best thing they've ever felt. It, it makes them feel alive and connected. And so they, they get hooked on that. Right. They love that. It's, it, of course, it's natural you know, mm-hmm. to, to love that. You want that. But it's kind of like um, experiencing uh, something that's 
30% better than what you had, Mm -hmm. and then you miss what God wants, which is 100% better. So you settle for the perfect uh, replica or, or, you know, something that's that's the fake of the real thing, and you never, ever experience real connection. So a big part of recovery is practicing connection in a recovery group, and then that transfers to maybe a a small group setting or a Bible study, and then that transfers over to your primary relationships. But uh, you've got to fix this connection thing. And when we're hurt and abused and Mm -hmm. abandoned, uh, the last thing we want to do is connect. When mm-hmm. when I uh, went through uh, this horrific uh, divorce that I went through, mm-hmm. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was hurt. I had been betrayed. It was it was the worst of right. times for me. And I wanted to crawl in a hole. I didn't want to connect with anybody. I just wanted to be left alone. And fortunately, I had these friends who started this group called Couples and Steve. Oh, and um, you know, every <laughs> Sunday night it'd be couples and Steve, yeah, yeah. We, or as Henry would say, couples and Stevie. Uh-huh, and, right, and you right. know, it it kept me connected. It provided a place of connection for me, yeah. and it really helped with that healing. It was right. difficult, and it was uncomfortable. But many times we don't make the healing choices right. because they are difficult. I had lunch with a guy recently, and we were talking about healing, about for sexual abuse. And uh, one thing he had been told was that to use the verse, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what what lies ahead, pressing forward to the goal of Christ. And I've heard in the church where they've used that verse as a way of dealing and coping with healing, which to me is really just trying to play a denial game and pretend it's not there. Mm. Yeah. What is your take on that? Yeah, I think so. I I think um, it is so easy for us to find ways to not look at what's really going on, and then you just live in denial. And um, and we we, you know, I, I would just say this: connection gets us in trouble more than anything that we could do in our lives. We must be careful about connection, and thus. When we start to recover, it's the area that you have to focus on most. When when people go to lose it for life for weight loss, and they call or email six months later and say, "I just didn't get it." You say, "Well, how's the connection thing going?" Oh, well, that's just something I haven't really <laughs> figured mm-hmm. out yet. It it and so really, if if they're not going to address that issue, they're still in denial. They're still living there. I got an email from a guy, and just to show you how I think careful we need to be about connection. He was uh, in kind of an okay marriage, but there was a lady at work, and he just developed a friendship with her. Uh-huh. You know, a little connection there. Did he tell his wife about the connection? No. Right. Was it something that they shared? No. Okay, so it was a secret connection. In marriage, you must have no secret connections. In fact, you must be totally honest, I believe, totally honest and open about every part of your life, for that marriage connection to work. Okay, so this guy very innocently just develops a friendship with someone of the opposite sex. Right. And just unknowingly ends up going to dinner with her one night Mm -hmm. and just, you know, kind of without really intending it to happen, ends up having an affair with her. Mm. Well, the affair continues. Mm -hmm. Her husband finds out and in a rage goes and tracks them down and goes to the hotel room to kill him. 
Well, he doesn't kill them. He kills the woman. Leaves the gun and walks out of the room. And now this guy, who had an okay marriage, but just had a conversation with someone of the opposite sex, is now charged with the murder of this woman. So he not only had an affair, but he's charged with murder. It's all over the papers. His life is ruined, right. and eventually, you know, he's he's found innocent, and the husband is found guilty uh, of of killing his wife. But he almost ends up being killed by this husband. He just barely escapes that. Mm. Now, here's the amazing thing: he reads every man's battle, kind of gets it how it all happens, gives that book to his wife. She sees how it could all happen, and she's willing to reconcile. But here are two lives that have been absolutely turned upside down because of just that little tiny secret connection. And so I say to men, you better be careful. Right. You better not have secret connections on the Internet, in mm-hmm. magazines, in billboards. You better be open and honest with your wife or the absolute worst can happen. It, Satan uses our, our need for connection to destroy us, I think, more than anything else. Wow. Well, one uh, lie I want to skip forward ahead to, but first, okay. hey, hey, guess who just walked in the, the studio, Steve? Dr. Jill Hubbard. Yes, Dr. <laughs> Jill Hubbard. Jill She's, Hubbard? Yeah, who, yes. Who's Jill Hubbard? Well, <laughs> you can be Jill Hubbard today. Welcome, Rob. Well, thank you. Thank you for waiting for yes, me. Yes, thanks, <laughs> thanks for dropping by. I'm glad you well, could make it. Well, I brought coffee and donuts, not really. <laughs> right. Hey, Rob, I, uh, I hope we didn't interfere with your normal morning schedule here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to report someone. Oh, okay. These things. Things happen. Well, meet Stephen Arterburn. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, good. Hey, good to hear your voice. Same here. Well, listen, we're talking about lies. Uh, Steve's book, uh, Healing is a Choice. The third lie is a really important one when it comes to recovery from sexual addiction. It does no good to look back or look inside. So really, that's talking about the choice to investigate your life in search of truth. And there's so many times, Steve, where these guys tell me, well, you know, it wasn't my parents' fault. Well, you know, it's not about blaming them, but we do need to understand uh, parts and responsibility. Yep. Uh, or, you know, well, you know, I'm trying to move forward. You know, what, what's behind me, I don't need to look at. Well, yeah, but it, it's good to understand. So help us understand a little bit more breadth on that. Well, the thing I use that I, I think explains it best is that many times we end up in places playing out our childhood and if we can see that, maybe we won't play out our childhood mm-hmm. anymore. Playing out the childhood is doing something bad, getting in trouble, feeling bad about getting in trouble, and then like a little little puppy dog coming back, limping back, saying I'm sorry, and working my way back into the good graces of whoever in my life is right, playing parent. Right. Okay, then uh, another thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our anger True. is it's just playing out something from our childhood. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're yelling at our kids when what we really want to be doing is strangling our mother. Mm-hmm. That is so and, true. And so <laughs> I don't think you want to go back and, and strangle your mother. Right. But if your feelings for wanting to strangle your mother or your father because they didn't protect you or they weren't there for you when you needed them or they didn't educate you about the world, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if that's causing you to yell at your kids when you really need to be hugging them, then that's not your past. That's your present. You, right. you drug it into your right. present. Right. And the psalmist said, oh, Lord, keep me from lying to myself. Yeah. Well, we do that. 
Right. And, and we do, do it any way possible to keep from dealing with the painful things. And right. what a painful reality for you to realize at 42 that what you'd really like to do is put your hands around your mother's neck and choke her and say, why weren't you there for me? Right. Hey, oh. Steve, this is Rob, the late guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're bringing up my own issues, and uh, I'm 42, so I don't know. <laughs> well, God, I, this morning when I was praying, <laughs> God. I don't, I don't know how you knew this, but anyways, uh, but uh, what I do want to say in dealing with my own client, now stop laughing, you guys, in, in dealing with my own clients, I see this so key that they have to resolve those past issues because all their emotional issues today have everything to do with those past things, yeah. whether they feel or not feel. So if they don't resolve the past traumas, they can't feel today because those traumas right. are, you know, withholding them from feeling. Or then they have this, you know, huge, huge amount of trauma or anger, and, and it's it's projected onto everybody yeah. else. Well, Rob, here's one of the things that, that I think is is so damaging to marriage. And, and let's, let's just take a, a female uh, who didn't have a very good relationship with her father. And let, let's say he never molested her, but um, you know it was, it was more like emotional incest. He, he kind of drug her around like his wife, or uh, they stayed up watching movies while the wife went to bed, or whatever mm. it is, you know. And and but he was never really there for her, never protected her, that kind of thing. But he used her. Okay, so then she grows up, realizes that, and. And just superficially says, I forgive dad of all that. Right. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't. Right. So now she's in this happy relationship with dad. The husband gets it three or four times worse, and the kids mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so what I think we have to guard against as adults is the superficial healing of wounds with our parents, because then everybody else pays a price for it. When I made a yeah, radical yeah. change in my life, you know, a, a pastor said to me, you know, if you've really made all these changes, why are you still so angry at your <laughs> right. mother and dad? Right. And it was such a favor. Who who has people in their life that'll say that stuff to them? Yeah. And so I really needed to deal with right. the anger that I had. And, of course, now I think my parents were, were really wonderful uh, amazing people, not perfect, but yeah, great right. parents. But I was still so angry, and everybody around me was getting the result of that anger while I acted like I had renewed my relationship with him. Wow. Right. So what should that 42-year-old man who wants to strangle his mother do? No names mentioned. <laughs> well, I think, first of all, uh, you have to grieve the loss right. of yeah. the mother yeah. that you wanted. Um, you know, you you wanted her hands mm -hmm. on your shoulders and and her total acceptance and love and encouragement or uh you wanted her you know to, to see you as a little man as competent and mm. and maybe she didn't do that maybe she wanted to keep you as her little boy so you grieve the loss of the ideal mom uh as, as the first thing mm -hmm. and then i think we go into this uh what i talk in the book about embracing the reality of who we are. The fact that your mother didn't do that has created some amazing strengths in you mm. as you survive not having wow. that mother. Mm -hmm. So you embrace it. Rather than cursing her, we grieve the loss of her. And rather than curse her, we embrace mm -hmm. the gift that God has given us in allowing us to grow and strengthen and be the man that he's called us to be, even though she 
didn't launch us into manhood. Our dad didn't launch us into manhood the way it could be. So we embrace that, and then we use it. Now, Rob, i got to believe that (laughs) if if this is truly, uh, if you had an issue with your mother, this is why today uh, you are working as a therapist to help others, that you took that. And you made something of it. And you see this, and it looks like it was all part of a master plan. Like, you know, Chuck Colson goes to prison and gets out and starts prison fellowship. Right. right. I mean, it looks like he was the Christian that was called to go to prison and then come out and start prison fellowship. <laughs> it looks like yeah. it's part of the deal. You know? right, right. And so here, if you look at your life, same thing. It looks like it was meant to be because you didn't spend all your time throwing a party, a pity party every day, Mm -hmm. you did something, you move forward. And that's what I've encouraged people to do, and healing is a choice. Come on, let's take what we've got, let's use it, and let's get on with our lives and make something far greater out of it than we ever dreamed or imagined could be done. Right, absolutely. Steve, and i got to just say one little piece about that. You're right about the grief, because I went through that just uh, about a year ago where I just took some time to grieve over mm. that loss. And it, and it was powerful because that was the only way for me to really put that issue to bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. And let's not forget about the other scenario, Steve. Uh, let's, let's think about all the women out there who are in co-recovery with their husbands who have essentially maybe married their father or yeah, their father right. who, who did these, you know, the same kind of relational pattern with them growing up. And then now they've got this guy who's making all these mistakes. What does that woman need to do? Well, First, again, she's got to quit uh, lying to herself and and telling herself that this man should be able to meet my needs. Because quite frankly, because of the crummy father-daughter relationship, uh-huh. she has twice as many needs as any one man can meet. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, if dad doesn't meet the need, don't expect husband to come in mm-hmm. as us men and then not only meet normal needs, but make up for what dad never gave. You're always going to be angry, upset, feeling like you're married to an inadequate male because mm. he can't do it. So mm. you grieve the loss of that dad and you accept the reality of this man and you fo- and, and you decide one dang thing that'll change his life, mm-hmm. that you will not be the source of his unhappiness. Right. Yeah. So you're not passive-aggressively projecting That's right. your own hurts onto your husband. Yep. You're owning your own responsibility to get well. Right. Praise right. God. All right. Yeah. Now, we, we're running out of time, but one other lie that I wanted to get to here that you talk about is that forgiveness is only for those who deserve it or earn it. Uh, so it's the choice to forgive. And I think that we need to remember that as recovering addicts. We need to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, you're going to get in recovery and you're going to get some sobriety going. But you know what? The bottom line is that relapses happen. So mm-hmm. we ought not to worship sobriety. We ought to thank God for the purity that he gives us day to day, week to week, month to month. But we need to press forward walking in that forgiveness, being able to forgive ourselves I mean, remember, yeah. Scripture says there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But yet, Steve, don't we condemn ourselves at every slip so often? Oh, it's true. I, I wrote this book, uh, When You Love Too Much, on romance, relationship, and sexual mm-hmm. addiction. I talked about mm-hmm. the people that make it long term. In the beginning, they are able to accept relapse as part of the recovery process. Okay, so you go 30 days, you're, you're clean and sober, 30 days, great. Celebrate that 30 days. You mess up, okay. Mm-hmm. How about next time, let's go 90. I mean, whatever it is. But you've got to, you, you 
dwelling on your mistake and your failure is going to keep you back in that shame that's going to keep you in the addictive cycle. Right. So, so you've got to get out of that. Now, you better learn from it. What was it that you didn't do? What, what right. area didn't you take care of that became vulnerable? And, and you shore that up. So you make it a learning experience. Hey, I learned that I couldn't stay clean and sober uh, being alone at my house three evenings a week and only going to one meeting. So I'm going to replace the lonely nights with mm-hmm. three more meetings. If, if you do that, see, then now you've learned from it and you're going a, a different direction. And it's easier to forgive yourself. But if you never forgive yourself, uh, you're just setting yourself up for the worst self punishment right. and and reshaming of yourself right. and humiliation. So you really need to work on the forgiveness piece. First. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, we, we are running out of time here. We need to wrap up a few minutes early here. But uh, listen, if you want to get a copy of Steve's book, Healing is a Choice, simply go to newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E.com. Or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And you can get a copy of Healing is a Choice. It's powerful, and these are truths that I think are very applicable to the sexual addiction recovery process. And Steve, hopefully we can have you back. It's just been great. One thing we want to do, uh, my partners didn't know I was going to do this, but uh, you may not realize this, but listen to New Life Live on KGNW up in the great Northwest for several years. Uh, birthed in me a vision to have a radio show of my own one day. And so Rob and I, we started out as the Real Man Show. And yeah, so, we were real men. Yeah, well, <laughs> but now we're the, with Mike's help, the Blazing Gray Show. And uh, so I want to make a, a presentation here today. And to help us with this, uh, we would like to have my wife just simply read this, this uh, plaque here to you, Steve. Oh, I'm, it says here, The Blazing Grace, a radio show, presents the 2006 Trailblazer Award to <laughs> Steve great. Arterburn. Wow. For your vision and contribution to sexual purity. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, one of my favorite movies was Blazing Saddles. So to, hey. to be awarded the Trailblazer Award. Right. Well, yeah. we've got uh, Gene, Saddle, uh, Gene Wilder in the waiting room. Yeah. So he'll that, be on next. And, so. and that, that fireside scene. That, That's I love. right. I'm sorry. But it, guy thing. But, but, I, thank you, guys. You that is so cool. So we'll mail that off to you. But, brother, we're, we're thankful for you and thankful for your time but really for your vision and yeah. for your heart. Yeah. So well, you guys keep up the great work. Hey, I mean, we will. We all need real men. And speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, uh, that's right. It's a real thing. Figuratively, yes, in some cases. But listen, speaking of great work, want to let you know we've got the Everman's Battle Conference coming up. I'll be in Chicago uh, April fourth through this, uh, uh, April seventh through the ninth. So love to have you come to that. Also, look for Steve and his wife featured in GQ Magazine, the mm-hmm. most recent wow. issue. I'd love to have you get a copy of that article. April issue just came out. All right. Wow. Well, fa- fantastic. Thanks again, Steve. God Thank bless you. you. Listen, Thanks, uh, Blazing Grace is listener-supported, so if you'd like to con- contribute, give us a call or uh, email us at mike at blazinggrace.org. You can see us online at blazinggrace.org. Tune in next week when we have Clay and Renee Cross. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your 
your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you.